this this whole episode so was scripted by a by AI. <laughs> Digital Dust Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Katie. And I am Patrick 2.0. Nice. That's nice. it. I'm a, ro- I'm, I'm a robot. That was, that was good. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't the best. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I, 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 yeah. And I just good. clued in why you went with the robot voice. Too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm starting to try and connect them thematically in the it's moment. Good. I like that. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What's well, a good little segue into this uh this week's episode we're doing something a little bit different in terms of like i feel like we're, this is something that like most of us don't really know too much about um, yeah it's pretty new but it's very topical and you know we got to stay on trend um so today <laughs> we're going to be talking about chat gtp um and how we can use it for history or how not we can use it for history um and yeah it's just a super interesting piece of technology that is very hot right now uh i feel like nfts and the metaverse are out and chat gtp is in so i'm going to break down what it is katie's taking a photo yeah. for instagram Socials. <laughs> we love it we love to see it, <laughs> it. um go follow us on uh, instagram and tiktok and that's basically it. That's the Twitter it. is not, like not Facebook. No one's on not Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> follow us on Facebook. Oh my if god! If you're one of the few who do follow us on Facebook, thanks. Yeah, there's about but seventy of we you. We don't care about and you. Power to you. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So I guess maybe before I dive in uh, into like what ChatGTP is and like what AI is and stuff. But okay, yeah, Liz. What what is this thing? Well, I was gonna ask you guys. Do you guys know anything about Chat GTP? It's okay if you if you don't know anything, but like if you know anything, what do you know, or what is what is your like assumption? Here's what, what I know. Heard? Okay. My brother is he is like a engineer person, and for Christmas, this is going to be a long story, but I'll make it as short as possible. He had two different AIs generate things, so he typed in like a word to an AI text generator. And then he typed in a word to an AI image generator. And each one of us got the image and the description as the Christmas gift. Wow. And that was something. And then he used said AI text generator to write his best man speech for my other brother's wedding last month. Yes. That's what I know. mentioned that before. That is crazy. Yeah. Did did anyone like notice that it was like or did he did he start off with like I got an AI to write this or like he flat out lied in the speech and he said did AI write this speech no and then at the end of it he was like well AI did write that bit because like the last bit was like clearly like really flowery that's he was good like, that's not me yeah it was a good fun. speech kudos Sweet. nice cool good stuff that was good. I feel like the the AI image generation generator stuff is also like everything that it comes up with is creepy. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> the one that he gave to my brother and his now wife is truly the creepiest thing I've ever seen. It was like oh. it's like a clay. It, so the gifts were like more than that. They were just like representations of whatever he was actually giving you. 
So they were getting like a clay class type thing, like a workshop to like make pottery called Clay With Me. Okay, in Toronto. And it was haunting this image. It was like a person made out of clay holding another person made out of clay, but in the (laughs) craziest way possible. Oh my god. That's so funny. It was it was so creepy. They always manage to do that. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pat, you said you don't Yeah, nothing. I'm sorry. I, I, I there used to be some sort of like talk to Google thing or like some sort of AI yeah. thing of like you could be like, hey, and then Google would be like, hey, and then you'd be like, marry me. And Google would be like, no, I don't like it like that. And then, you know, then you'd yeah. be done with it. All and that's all you do, things. right? That's where babies come from. You know, right? All the, all come on. Things. Like, like, yeah. t- like everybody has, like, I think there's, I think we have Alexa or something like that on one of our TVs, one of those sorts of AI things. And if you ask her to marry you, she like, she has a song. That she will play, Aww. like it, like the, is it like Bruno the, the Mars will you marry, marry me? You? No, it's something along the lines of like I only like you as a friend. <laughs> I never want to be more than that. <laughs> like something like that is really That's funny. So funny. We're gonna get copyrighted by Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos is gonna be like. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about, I feel like Katie was able to touch a little bit about, like, what ChatGTP and what AI does, but I'm going to give you the, the kind of the SparkNotes version of it. So ChatGTP is an AI or artificial intelligence chatbot and natural language processing tool, uh, which is just like, what is that? I don't know. Well... I'm going to try and explain it. Um, So GTP stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which is a type of language uh, language model that uses a large amount of text data to create human-like text. So it's really neat because basically the cool thing with the internet is that it's all interconnected and spread throughout and everything, you know, everything is... Um, Like all of world information is available in multiple forms and multiple different ways. And basically ChatGTP and other AI chatbots are able to plug into the internet and access all of that information and then use it to learn about human, like human speech and human like text and then like create um, basically a product. When you ask it a question, it'll create something out of all of this information that like sounds legitimate. Sometimes it doesn't sound legitimate though. (laughs) Um, So you can ask it everything from recipes I've seen people do, uh, to rewording content, summarizing content, creating new content, um, and even like writing an original story. So I can give you a couple examples. So the company that I was working with previously, um, I just, cause I just switched jobs, um, was, predominantly like making content and I did history content for them and a couple months before I left they've been starting to experiment with chat GTP either like taking old content that wasn't very good and like plugging it in and re- and having it rewrite it or having it pitch ideas or like make headlines and that kind of thing um so it was interesting to see it being used in like an actual like official capacity and the CEO of the company 
was like really into it and it was weird because like every email he would sign off like this was generated by AI and it was like makes my life easier with AI like he was just constantly talking about AI AI, AI. so we are for sure guessing he's dead right <laughs> oh no 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 he's still he's still <laughs> like, going like no but like he's like literally this, this just AI like fully... this is the future <laughs> I think the AI gained sentience killed your CEO and is now taken over and is is yeah. now him I think that's probably <laughs> and it's so funny because he I, I guess I can say this because I don't work for the company and I'm not gonna out the company or who he is or whatever but he literally like they sat us down and did a huge talk about it because a bunch of us rightfully so we're like what is this going to do with our jobs if our job is to write content and this machine is writing content for free then like what's going on and he was like you have nothing to worry about because it doesn't which is true you guys will see that like it's it can't replace humans but at the same time he's like this would be really great for our company because the whole company's mission is about um cleaning up conversation on the internet so um basically using algorithms to um repress or suppress negative comments and simultaneously improve or like boost the performance of more positive comments and so he was saying that like ai would be great and chat gtp would be great because uh it can help us avoid things like like topics like sexism or racism and stuff which i'm like absolutely not this was created by humans therefore it is prejudiced it can hate it does have racism i have an example of that patch is like yeah i made it a racist (laughs) okay okay hey you know what it's one thing to accuse a a bot of killing a ceo and then taking over a company it's another thing to assume that i had anything to do with it (laughs) It's autonomous. Come on. Um, But yeah, he literally said that. And he was also talking about how they could use, like, plug chat GTP into their comment features. So they uh, do comments for websites like Washington Post, New York Times, like, big companies, uh, all of their online comments. And they were saying that, like, if someone was to type a negative comment or a comment that had a bunch of flagged content where you're talking about, like, flagged words like Hitler nazi that kind of stuff um swear words that kind of thing where it would scan the text and then literally say hi this is against community guidelines would you like to use ai to rephrase your comment to be appropriate and then you would like click it and it would which is just like that I don't know. So that also hmm. really confused me because I was like, the whole oh point, <laughs> at what point are we losing free speech? And I'm not anyone who's like, free speech! Huh? But like, it's kind of yeah. weird. It's like, what's the point of commenting? Like, obviously, yes, like, we need to monitor and like, people should not be saying shitty things. But like, at the same time, like, I don't think that's a good application of AI. Plus, you're relying on it to not be racist and all those things, which it very much I is. Mean, yeah. and Patrick you knows. Know. It also feels like a real bit. Okay, hey, you know what, Katie? I, I didn't make it a racist. Happy. I don't like this. (laughs) But no, like, like it feels like such a band-aid solution of like, like, like you'd want to like sort of address the behavior of the person, not just sort of say, "Hey, you can have those thoughts, just don't type the words." You know, like that's (laughs) kind of what they're just gonna make. They're gonna be more mad. (laughs) Yeah, and they're still gonna post the words. They're gonna be like, "Oh, ignore," and post. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So it's just, it's very strange. I think right now everyone is just like, this is the next new thing. And I think what we're going to talk about today may, might make people realize that like, it's very flawed. There's a lot of iffy stuff with it. And I think we should not be, if you're investing in things, please don't heavily invest in this just yet. Um, but I'm going to get into- Invest in this AI. podcast. But invest in this podcast. Uh, Patreon coming soon, hopefully. <laughs> Did a bot tell you to say that, Katie? Did that, yeah. Is that... <laughs> yes. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so I'm going to talk a little bit about what AI actually is. So AI, uh, as we know, stands for artificial intelligence, and it encompasses a wide range of tech concepts and innovations. Um, but at its core, it's about giving machines the ability to be intelligent. So... In, in terms of like AI, artificial intelligence, intelligence um, in, that con- in like that context is described as three factors, being able to perceive, synthesize, and then infer information. So oftentimes things like, so your Siri or your Amazon Alexa, those kinds of things are AIs, uh, as well as things like ChatGTP, um, things that are basically learning from um, instead of just being programmed to do a specific thing, they're programmed to be quite flexible so they can actually learn, pick up on, usually what they do is they pick on, pick up on, they pick up on patterns and recognize those patterns and then are able to learn from them and kind of reprogram themselves. So AI is not only able to access the entirety of the internet to be able to do that, uh, but it also has to be able to compile a bunch of information and then spit it out uh, and then learn new things from that information and synthesize all of these forces and sources into one tight little package, which is exactly what chat GTP does. But the thing is with AIs like chat GTP is that they're, even though they have access to all the information in the world, literally, they are not smart <laughs> at all. They may be artificially intelligent, but they're not smart. Artificially unintelligent. Artificially yes. dumb. Dumb. <laughs> okay, Katie, really? <laughs> artificially racist. We're all just like h- hating on AIs here. It's okay. I, I try my very best not to be racist while also acknowledging that I live in a racist world. <laughs> I'm not accusing you of being a racist. I'm accusing you of making the bot racist. <laughs> I, all right. I don't. Okay. Kate, it's okay. Liz, it was, you, it was already <laughs> racist before Patrick came along. It's all right. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I made it um, worse. Okay, Liz, yes, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically what AI, um, like chat GTP AI is, is a guessing machine. That's all it is. So when you ask it a question, it's basically how the whole thing works is you can go on to, so chat GTP is owned by a company called OpenAI, uh, but there are of like so many companies that are doing the same thing. Um, so you can really find this anywhere. Everyone is cashing in on it right now. And essentially what you do is you go on to chat GTPs. Like it's like a chat function, like, like you would like with a text and you ask it to do something. So uh, write me a slogan for something, uh, reword this paragraph, write me an article about this, tell me about this. It's actually a really great, like there's definitely ways you can use it and be really smart and very efficient in like some of your work, being able to explain a concept to you, that kind of thing, again, synthesize information. It's really good at that. Um, However, 
it's getting all of its information from all of these sources. And what it does is because it's recognizing patterns and learning, it picks what they what it thinks is the most logical conclusion and will spit it out. And oftentimes that is not the right answer. So you're never going to be able to accurately predict anything with these because they have no ability to do that. Uh, they're just guessing. It's purely a gamble of I'm looking at all this information and this is what makes the most sense to me. Here you go. Which obviously if we're going to be talking about history later on, that is a huge like history and guessing are not compatible at all. So for example, when uh, you ask an AI a question like, what is a horse? It will scan thousands of online sources and synthesize that information into an answer. And it'll usually spit out what it believes to be the most correct conclusion. So it'll say, um, uh, all the sources that it's reading will say like, it's a, horses are mammals. There are like this amount of breeds of horses. They are native to this region. And it'll like, take all that in and then write it in something that makes sense, like in a paragraph format. Oh, sometimes it does not make sense at all. And then spit it out to you in the little chat box. Um, so they were, uh, these AI chatbots were especially designed to sound human when they spit out that information. And it's a huge problem because usually what that means is that they're trying to sound as like objective and like truthful and factual as possible. Um, which is just like, not great. And I'll give you an example as to why. So I keep, I've been trying to find the actual article for this. Um, one of my friends at work told me about this specific story. I'm going to try and keep searching and hopefully find, like I found similar ones. Um, and like, I'll link it in the show notes so you can actually like, it's not just me talking and you can actually see the source. Um, but it's a really interesting example of why AI and chatbots are super problematic. So apparently one doctor decided that um, they wanted to experiment with ChatGTP to actually diagnose medical conditions. So the doctor deliberately chose a set of symptoms um, that a lot of physicians, apparently it's a set of symptoms that usually have two diagnoses essentially. And the one diagnosis is the more commonly diagnosed one but it's actually not the correct one, if that makes sense. So there's like a more common one and a lesser known one, and the lesser known one was correct. For whatever reason, the AI actually picked out the correct one, the lesser known one. And they were like, that's really interesting. How did you come to that conclusion? And sure enough, it gives them, this is this uh, medical study that I found. And when they went and actually looked it up, it's an entirely fabricated study that it made up. It was completely false. It just made it up and then it made it sound like an actual survey. So that is why we should not be trusting guessing machines with black and white kind of ideology. Right. or like Because people on the internet lie. Yeah. <laughs> no exactly. way. The chatbot cannot discern. The chatbot is and unintelligent and cannot discern what is a lie and what is true. It's, it's not smart and then it's programmed to sound really smart. Yeah. So, Ooh, yeah, that's true. And I think that's, that's where I like when rats. they were like at, at my job being like, "Hey, you should use this to write articles and stuff." I'm like, "Why am I going to write an article about history if I have to fact check everything that this yeah. machine says because it's probably not true?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I'm going to get a little bit more into like ChatGTP and like history and then we're going to go into like actually 
talking about it and playing Hell with yeah. it. We're going to like, you know, talk about what you guys experimented with and maybe do some uh, some experimenting live on air. So every industry is running headfirst into the chat GTP bubble. But what about history? What is, what is history doing? So far, not much with it. Uh, I don't think most historians are using it, rightfully so. Um, because, of course, why would we use a guessing machine? Does it work? So all of chat, what's interesting is all of chat GTP, which includes a newly released, it was literally released this week, fourth model of chat GTP called GTP4. So essentially they'll do like updates with it where they'll come up with new versions that have more features, different algorithms and code and that kind of thing. So even with this brand new updated model, the world of chat GTP only understands history, the history of the world up until September 2021. So it does not know that Queen Elizabeth is dead. It does not know <laughs> about the ongoing war in Ukraine. Things oh, like that that are actually very important when we're talking about history. So, for example, I, if I ask it about um, King Charles III, it's going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, it'll say Charles, Prince of Wales, but not King Charles. So things like that. So I think like eventually there'll be another update where it'll be like, it'll be accurate up to this point. And I don't know if there's ever going to be a time, I would assume so, that eventually it's like so good at self-learning um, that basically it'll always be up to date and it'll just always be learning the like latest information. But for what it is now, because these are very much experimental still, they have to do it up to a certain point. So that's really hard when you're writing about history and there's like entire chunks of history, recent history, but still totally missing. So th that is my spiel against AI. And I guess <laughs> it's pretty short. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I had some questions, but I actually want to hear from you guys first, maybe. All right. So um, basically, so you guys had not used ChatGTP before, I'm guessing, before nope. this episode. Okay, cool. So yeah, what I had them do was create an account if you're interested in using this, because actually like there are definitely certain things that you can use it for that are helpful. Um, I had one friend who asked it to write her a D&D &D character story and it came up with the most beautiful story ever where it was like, this is this person and like basically it went through the whole story and then it created a eulogy of the character, like the character had died, and then it had Good this God. beautiful love. I know, and it had this beautiful wow. love story in the eulogy that was like his like partner was like this person, and they cared for each other very deeply. But then the partner was like killed in battle, and gave him like this like healing amulet that he always let kept on him till the day he died. Like she was like, I can't believe it came up with this. It's so crazy. So, like, there are definitely certain things that it's really cool for. Uh, would I use this to write your history essay? No. But in terms of other things, or even, like, coming up with a thesis, maybe. So, I, if you want to, go just look up OpenAI or ChatGTP. You can create an account for free and use it for free and play around with it. Um, because it can make your life efficient in some aspects. But not for today's conversation, anyway. So yeah, so you guys tried it out for the first time. Patrick, you you've discovered some racism. Do you want to tell us what happened oh, there? Oh yeah. Do you want me do you want me to start with that? 
Sure, if you want to, yeah. Yeah, unless absolutely. Unless there's a better segue, but... Well, no, I think I think it's a great way. I asked I asked several fun questions to it. I'm happy to go through as many of them as, as we'd like. The one that, that you're mentioning there, though, Liz, is um, essentially what I was thinking about was, well, like, as I was starting to ask you questions, I learned it can, it can spew facts. Like, if I'm like, what year did this thing happen in? It'll tell me the year. And obviously, it's a part of history is sort of like when things happened. But what I wanted to see was its ability to, or rather, like its accuracy of the past and of history within more of a, like, worldly context, I suppose, or more, more of a, a background context. Like when you watch a history movie and you have like, okay, are, 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 are all of these people in the movie actually uh, knowing each other in real life and that sort of thing, like those sort of historical accuracy moments. But then you have the sort of historical accuracy of the scene at large and everything and whether sort mm-hmm. of people speaking to each other are, would be speaking to each other in that way and that sort of, like, those sorts of uh, uh, accuracies, I suppose. So essentially the way, I, the way I tried to approach that was I asked it, or rather I stated, write me a story that takes place during the civil rights movement. Just to see, like, what the story would be and how that would essentially have, have any sort of historical accuracy or inaccuracy in it. It's a rather short story. Would you like me to just read it? Sure, if you feel free. Okay. It was the summer of 1964, and the civil rights movement was in full swing. For Mary, a young African-American woman living in Mississippi, it was a time of hope and fear, of excitement and danger. She had joined the movement to fight for her rights and those of her people, but she knew that the struggle would not be easy. So already in that first paragraph, we can uh, acknowledge that like Mary has struggled before the civil rights movement, right? Like she's she, like it's not just that the struggle started when the movement started or anything. Yeah. So so there's that that that's a little a little bit of a thing to note. Next paragraph goes, One day, Mary was attending a protest rally in the town square when she saw a group of white men approaching. They were armed with guns and baseball bats, and they looked angry and dangerous. Mary's heart sank as she realized that they were there to disrupt the rally and intimidate the protesters. Mary and her fellow protesters stood their ground, chanting and holding their signs, but the white men were not deterred. They started to hurl insults and racial slurs at the protesters, and Mary felt her anger rising. Suddenly, a white man stepped forward from the group. He was tall and thin with glasses and a serious expression. Many recognized him as the town's mayor, a man known for his conservative views. To her surprise, the mayor started to speak to the white men. He told them that violence and hatred would not solve anything and that they needed to listen to the protesters and understood their grie- understand their grievances. He spoke calmly and persuasively, and Mary felt a flicker of hope. So here we have a bunch of black people protesting the da- the the damning of their rights and how how they white are not guy free. Says... And then the white the white man comes in and saves us all and is like, "Hey, like, we should okay. listen to these people." You know, and that and that violence is never okay and that we we you know, you must be peaceful. And then the, the next paragraph And then the black people were like, "Yes, thank you." Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. So so then in the next paragraph it, it it says, "As the rally ended and the protesters dispersed, Mary found herself thinking about the mayor's words. She realized that there were good people on both sides of the divide and that change could only come through dialogue and understanding." Yikes. 
Oh, I, I missed the paragraph. I'm so sorry. There was a paragraph before this one where it said, To her amazement, the white men started to lower their weapons and listen to the mayor. They seemed to be moved by his words, and Mary saw a glimmer of understanding in their eyes. If only oh it were God. this easy to, to change oh the mind. It's based on that Kendall Jenner ad. You know the Kendall Jenner ad? Yeah, the Pepsi the ad. Pepsi ad. <laughs> that's what that's based on. Yeah. Police yeah. brutality? Just have a Pepsi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right? It's like, okay, so these, these hardened racist assholes are like, oh, you're right, we shouldn't be violent. That's true. Let's be nice to That's everybody. That's the first time and anyone then, said know, that to me. Yeah. Right? And then the, the paragraph that I read as well about the whole, like, uh, uh, good people on both sides. Uh, is that literally a Donald Trump quote? Is that actually a thing that, you know, there are good people on both sides? Was it the Charles the, the Charleston riot or whatever? Like, Charleston. one of the riots he said there were... Well, there are yes. people on both sides doing bad things. Yeah, yeah so he yeah, said there yeah. were bad it's, people it's on so, both sides. Yeah, I so think like, I think in his ramblings he might have said people. something. You know, like I think he might have said something yeah. like, "Yeah, there are bad people on both sides, and there are good." And people. you had some very bad people in that group, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, yeah. excuse in case, me. A, a very centrist understanding okay. in in a way that's really you know subtly actually pretty racist the next yeah. paragraph says over the next few weeks mary worked hard to build bridges between the white and black communities in her town she organized because meetings and discussions. it has to be her personal labor that she takes on. exactly mm -hmm. exactly it must be her who does this she organized meetings and discussions and she found that many people were willing to listen and learn in the end mary's efforts paid off the town became more integrated and more peaceful and mary felt that she had made a real difference she knew that the struggle for civil rights was far from over, over but she uh, felt a renewed sense of hope and determination. As she looked back on that summer of 1964, Mary knew that she had witnessed, witnessed something truly remarkable. She had seen people from different backgrounds and beliefs come together to fight for a common cause, and she had seen that even the most entrenched prejudices could be overcome with patience and understanding. No, they can't. Oh boy, folks, this is yikes! You know, that is hilarious. It, it's so funny, right? We don't, we don't need to spend forever unpacking this. Obviously, there are other because it's just it's just dumb. It's pretty but, dumb, but it you know wow. we, we might have some listeners who hear that and might say, "Why is that kind of racist? Like what? Like I don't understand." And and to those because it's not overtly uh, racist, you know. Exactly, like it's not. That's, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's it. Is that like it? Essentially, it it's to Liz's earlier point that she was making that this was this this device was created by people, and so their prejudices are inherently within this thing, right? And so like it's it's not overtly, intensely, irefully racist or anything like that. And it, it honestly, it, 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 it takes what's kind of known as like a colorblind approach to racism. The idea of either sort of not seeing race in situations or pretending it doesn't exist, pretending it's okay now, pretending that, that, that race doesn't matter and that sort of thing. It's essentially the story is, is it, it, it does not spotlight the right things. It needs to spotlight essentially. And in that way, you can mm -hmm. essentially see the subtle influences, you know what I mean? So instead of it being overtly racist, you see the influences that Liz was talking about earlier about how if the creators have sort of prejudices in general, then the, the device will sort of be informed by those prejudices as well. So that's the example I got. That's, that was, that was yeah, interesting. That is crazy. Yeah. That's really yeah. interesting. I have some other funny ones if we want a bit of a lighter. Sure. Thing yeah. 
So, okay, uh, I, w- I won't actually read this story, but the first thing I did, I was trying to think of that, that sort of story history thing. And so I, I, I thought, thinking back to our, this is the weird part, thinking back to one of our previous episodes we did, I, I typed in, tell me a ghost story based in reality, just to see if, what, what would come <laughs> up about it. And it told me the story of the Bell Witch. So that that, uh, that kind of freaked me out for wow. a second. That, that's the one it chose. Um, and that's then after so that, crazy. after that, I, I, I typed in, write me a pitch for applying to the public history master's program at Western University. And it did. It fully did. (laughs) Like it's All right, there you go, people. I wonder if it copy and pasted from the from the website. The first paragraph probably it says it says, are you passionate about preserving and sharing history with the public? Do you believe that history is not just a subject in books, but a living and dynamic field that can inform and inspire our present and future? Then the Public History Master's Program at Western University is the perfect opportunity for you to gain the skills and knowledge to become a leader in the field of public history. <laughs> nice. And it just goes on from there, and it just continues in that way, and it's quite funny. It, 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 but it, it like references a lot of stuff, which is why I think it came from it, at least some of it might have been informed by the actual Western website. Because one of the, the one of the last paragraphs says that students in our program, as a student in our program, you will have access to cutting edge resources and facilities such as the Museum of Ontario Archaeology, the Artifacts and Research Collections Center and the Center for Public History. You will have, uh, have opportunities in conferences, workshops and networking events and so on. Um, and it's it's like oh okay wow so those are actually some like London areas some Western areas that uh, that kind of work some some places within where the university is that they would actually have institutional contacts with that's kind of fun. The next one that that I did really want to read to you guys because I think it's really funny. Uh, after after plugging after plugging the public history program, I thought what better to do next than ask for it to write another pitch, but for the Digital Dust podcast. It is whack. Did you say it like is... Digital Dust Podcast too? Like our name? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote write wow. me a pitch okay. for listening to the Digital Dust Podcast. Is what I told. It's like what do you? What oh, do you gosh. think this is? Computer? Yeah, oh, it's gosh. not okay. what we do. Go. And so I'm very excited. <laughs> Are you fascinated by the ways in which technology is shaping our lives and society? Do you want to explore the hidden corners of a digital world and uncover the stories behind the headlines? Then you won't want to miss the Digital Dust Podcast. Hosted by a team of tech experts and journalists, the Digital Dust Podcast is your go-to resource for all things digital. We cover a wide range of topics from artificial intelligence and cybersecurity to social media and online privacy, and we bring you exclusive interviews with the people who are shaping the future of technology. But we don't just talk about the latest gadgets and apps, no! We also delve into the social, ethical, and political implications of technology and ask the tough questions that other podcasts avoid. How can we prevent tech from exacerbating social inequalities? What are the risks and benefits of using AI uh, to automate our lives? How can we protect our data and privacy in an increasingly interconnected world? Our podcast is not just informative, but also entertaining, with lively discussions, insightful analysis, and engaging storytelling. It just keeps we bring going. You, we bring you real life. <laughs> we bring you real life examples and case studies that illustrate the impact of technology on our daily lives, and we invite you to join the conversation by sharing your own thoughts and opinions. So, if you want to stay ahead of the curve and understand the digital world in all of its complexity, subscribe to the Digital Dust Podcast today. 
Whether you're a tech enthusiast, a curious citizen, or a concerned policymaker, we've got you covered. Don't miss a single episode. They love the whether you're a blank, <laughs> blank, or blank, because I got that yeah, multiple they times. Do. They <laughs> do. So, <laughs> so uh, wow. we're tech experts and uh, wow. That's what we are now. You know what? I mean, for this episode only, we are. There you go. But the... The name Digital Dust does really imply what yeah, that like. They're really not does. wrong. <laughs> no, absolutely, it's great. <laughs> it's just it was That's really so funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Wow. Yeah, and I found others, but we can keep. Yeah, jeez, yeah. that was like Could seven you paragraphs. If we wrote a pitch like that, and like every episode started with that. <laughs> You're like pressing the 15 second button, like yeah, your life yeah. depends yeah. on it. A three minute ad read that we just put in the middle of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, gang, oh are you having fun? Katie, have some? Um, well, okay, I'm not going to read any of the ones that I got because they're all relatively boring, I won't lie. But, um, <laughs> Patrick, you were saying that it was sounded like they had gotten it off of the public history website. And for me, every mm. question I asked it, I was like, oh. So I was like, you know, just asking basic questions like, what is a museum, you know, things like yeah. that. And it was, like, so clearly rephrasing the ICOM definition. Like, oh, like you read it and you were like, that's just the ICOM definition in different words. Yeah. That's and that's what it does. That's literally what it does. It'll just garble it up and spit it out. Exactly. I asked it, like, I, I did ask it for a couple, like, um, descriptions of our podcast, slogans for our podcast, some of which weren't too bad. I won't lie, yeah. you know. Um, not that we're needing a new description, but I, I enjoyed, you know, like some of like some of the flowery language. It can do flowery language pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But like I asked it if um, it like if museums were ethical and the garble it gave back to me was like museums are neither ethical nor unethical. They're striving towards being more ethical, blah, blah, blah. It was like four paragraphs mm-hmm. of garbage. <laughs> yeah. It's like, That's I don't know what to funny. say. So I'm just going to. It truly was like, I'm going to waffle. And I'm just going to ride the fence for four paragraphs. And it did the same thing for the Elgin Marbles, which, you know, yeah. Yeah, I did. I I noticed that with a couple ones I did, too, with the the compare or the opinions. Like, if he has an opinion thing, it'll be like, like, I am a robot. I don't know. (laughs) I cannot give you opinions to things. But you're literally opinion based. Like, yeah, it's not factual, really. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it was interesting. I am. yeah, I, I like the some of the like I asked for what is history and it was like so clearly, you know, like it, I'm pretty sure part of it was like a Clint Smith quote. If I, it, you know, like <laughs> history is the story we tell ourselves about the past. Excuse yeah. me, that is totally a book from his book. Like, that's so good. Yeah, I asked it some other less history questions. Like I was like I was I was sort of in a superhero mood earlier, as I always am. And so I, I first I, I tried to ask it who would win in a fight, and it was like I don't know because it's hard to tell. And I'm like, cop out. Okay. But also, Waffling. okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, the next one I did though, I is really funny because <laughs> it took it way more literally than I meant. I I, t- I typed in write me a superhero origin that includes iconic elements from heroes such as Spider-Man, Batman, and the X-Men. Cool. Yeah, and it fully came up with a guy named Peter Wayne. <laughs> Peter Wayne, who who is the spider bat? <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I would, just, I would wow. watch that movie. Yeah, man, it was good. 
<laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I'm trying to see if there are any weird parts. Batman comes in for a second. He changes the name from Batman to Spider Bat for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, combining elements of spider like agility with bat like stealth. <laughs> there you go. You know, bats being all stealthy. <laughs> Iconic, bats right? be stealthy bats as they fly through stealthy. the air <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> so that was a fun one any others any others uh, I think that, that, that those are the good ones I think those are the best ones yeah. that I got yeah nice that's pretty good well I guess I'll ask you guys I have some questions we can discuss as well sure um I'm not going to ask, should we trust ChatGTP? Because I think that's pretty obvious that we shouldn't. I would trust it with my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you think in terms of public history, it could have an application? I mean, it's good at writing flowery language, but like so are yeah. many humans. I don't that's know. I feel like history is... A discipline that's like so stuck in the past not to be like punny no totally but i feel like it's like let's climb a different hurdle before we try and use like the most recent technology mm-hmm. because i can just feel yeah. a prof being like and this is what we're gonna use and like the prof can't do it and you're like can't we just like i don't know use something more basic instead of yeah uh, yeah but yeah so true I think it could be useful in a certain context. I actually think it would be quite fun and, and useful in a certain context. It, would, it wouldn't be a very sort of traditional form of public history or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I could, I could see it essentially, instead of using it to write articles or museum exhibit text or whatever, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would use it as like a learning tool in a space like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of like, hey, I'm totally. at a museum and here's an exhibit and uh, on this on this wall or on this prompter screen or something like that beside one of the exhibit walls has this thing up and typed into it is like, you know, tell me about X and X happens to be the thing in the exhibit. And then the person can look at what it says and look what's in the exhibit and like as a, as a bit of an exercise in that sort of space, I think it could be useful. Mm-hmm. Essentially like using it uh, to like as a, uh, I don't know the right words for this. Like an interactive tool. Yeah, an yeah, interactive tool. It's like an interactive Google, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Like, it could like, be kind of fun, yeah. you know, to be like, or, or to, to, to have, like, an online exhibit or an online article or something like that that says, I I asked this historical question to the chatbot, and this is the answer, and we're going to do a side-by-side comparison of what it said to what actually happened. And, and you know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like, like one of the engaging parts of public history is the idea that you're essentially putting the detective work of the historian onto the public, right? That they, they can, they have a chance to see the history themselves and, and in a way that they can understand and they can have the fun of trying to, to, to think about the history, right? It's not just about learning stuff or, or sort of having stuff drilled into your head. The fun of it is, is the actual sort of piecing it together. And so using it in that context, I think it'd be really, really fun. Whether it's, it's actually accurate or not accurate doesn't really matter at that point because you're, you're, the fun of the game is deciding whether it is or is not accurate, right? So I think I think it could be useful in those sorts of circumstances, but I, I don't I don't think we should use it to uh, do all that other stuff <laughs> to just actually write stuff. I don't think moderate comments. Moderate comments. 
or or like 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 for comedy. Like I think what we're doing with this episode is how how public history can use chatbot, right? Like imagine imagine going to a talk at a conference and the person's like, "This is all from a chatbot," and we're gonna see how bad it is. You know, <laughs> like that would be so fun. That would be so fun. I'd be so happy with that. Uh, actually, thinking about that, it would be a really cool like. Tim, I don't know if you listen to this podcast at all, but Tim, if you do listen oh, he, to this oh, podcast. Oh, he listens to every episode. He, for sure. <laughs> you need to do a digital public history, like, assignment yeah. where somebody needs to, like, do something on the AI and then, whatever, write an article about it, write a blog post, like, yeah, something. Yeah. Because that would be yeah. cool. Like, the kind of, like, again, what cool. we're doing, but more academic, even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something like that would be great. Or like a class project. Like I think I saw one of some of the professors that I know, at least one of them posting on social media of something of like, wouldn't it be cool if we had our, our undergrad students do an assignment where the assignment was just like, like, tell a chatbot to write you an essay. And then the actual assignment is an essay that you write based on how accurate the essay that, that the chatbot wrote was or whatever, that sort of thing. Like something that could be really interesting and like a neat, or like like just sort of analyzing the thing or however you want to do it, right? That could be kind of fun. I think it'd be a cool learning tool that way. Even in high schools. I wish Robin yeah. were here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Robin were here. Yeah, I, yeah, that's it. Yeah, she would definitely have some interesting input. We'll have you to know? ask her. We'll have to ask her about that, yeah. Because yeah. it's That'd definitely be cool. tricky because it's like, it's kind of a loaded gun because like, it is. you don't want to like, give kids like here's something that will write your essays for you and it's technically not plagiarism because it rewrites everything but turnitin does detect that's right they, i think they have updated it so yeah they have yeah so now turn Which it in good. so so don't use it in high school psa oh you didn't use turn it in high school i used turn it in no. high school they said no Katie. plagiarism in this house <laughs> No. Your high school is weird. Like every episode, we learn yeah. something new and interesting about your high I feel, school. I feel like using Turnitin is not that weird. No, it's like not weird in like a, a abnormal way. Just sort of like a I've never yeah. heard of anybody yeah. use Turnitin in high school. In before. high school, it's just yeah. like it's just, it's so, just maybe unique. unique. Maybe not weird. It's just unique. If you're scared of I being weird, my school weird, is Katie. just poor and didn't want to pay for anything. That's it. That's me too. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that might be. Yeah. 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 yeah anyway but yeah so yeah it definitely could be like again like a loaded gun that way but at the same time if, sure. you can, if you can like it's probably inevitable because obviously most people like have heard of this now well, that's the thing right? them, like, yeah. yeah but like giving them tools to be like okay here's how you could actually use ai to like automate your life a little bit make things a little bit easier like using it for research that kind of thing or using it as a really cool learning tool to be able to all right, can you unpack the argument that they're saying here? What What is good in this? What's bad in this? Like, is there a thesis? Mm-hmm. Is there this? Um, it's a really cool way to like learn and like learn on your own. We need mm-hmm. to almost to like reverse. I don't know. You could probably study with it and get it to ask you things and try and debunk it. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And I could see it definitely in like a museum or like other context as well. Especially, it'd be really neat if you would be able to kind of plug and play like an AI chatbot into like a digital archive, for example. And if I have a question about something, if I'm in the museum or in the library or whatever, it could pull up a whole reference of like, here's photos, here's this. Like it could like, like yeah. it could literally create an exhibit like that on the spot, you know, and immediately for tell sure. you everything about something. So just yeah. as you were speaking, my brain was like, oh, what a, what a way you could use this 
I just asked it to give me a list of resources. I just chose Stalin's Terror because that's what was in my brain. I just did that too. And like, wow. I haven't fact checked these, but I like from my own yeah. reading, I know that at least five of these are real sources. So yeah. that could be a cool thing. So use it for your actual research and yeah. stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way to use it. I just got 10 bibliography sources on black history. Yeah. 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 Are they formatted too? Mm, I guess you could ask it no. to format it though. Yeah. Oh yeah. You could definitely Can ask you it. format these in Chicago style? Seventh edition, maybe. Sure. Here are the same books in Chicago style citation format. Boom. Wow. This has fucking changed my life, folks. Here's the nerdiest thing about me. Okay, it's taken four seasons. This is the nerdiest thing about me. I liked writing all of my citations out. It was a pure joy. I did too. See, I had Chicago memorized, like for all the standards. Oh yeah, I do. Exactly. Yeah. Chicago's locked in this brain. I could do it right now. That was honestly that was my cooldown from essays. I'd like like the day or two before it was submitted, yeah. but I would do all the footnotes of the bibliography. I'd just take like I'd have like the TV on. I'd just take like an hour and just do them all. It was mindless and fun and wow. Yeah. That, but if you don't, that's a really nerdy. legit way to use it. it. Is. Yeah, is I mean, cool? like those websites do exist, but that's probably easier than those. Those websites were the worst. That's why you had to learn like, it not yourself. Not only does it generate sources, but then formats them automatically. Like that's yeah. pretty crazy. That's sick. Like, I could, oh my god. Like, if I just had a list of book titles and just put it in here, my bibliography would be done. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, 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 chatbot. But okay. also, like, for... <laughs> I see you. For resources, like, that's so... That's, like, that really impresses me. I understand mm-hmm. that it's not that impressive that it can, like, collect from the internet a bunch of things. But, like, do you know yeah. how many times people would be like, I don't even know where to start, Okay. The first one it gave me is, like, the seminal book on the terror. Like, yeah, read Robert Conquest, guys. Like, let's go. His name's Robert Conquest, number one. That's a cool-ass name. It's the coolest name for a historian. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. That's neat. I didn't even think about that, but, like, yeah. Mm. That's very impressive. Very good. Love that. Well done, chatbot. All right, I'm fully turned around. This (laughs) thing can have my soul. I don't care. (laughs) It's great. I'm fully in. I think the takeaway from this is that it is not the answer to all of our problems. It's not something that we should be heavily relying on to, like, do people's jobs and everything. But it's a a tool, just like everything else. Actually, when they were talking about it at work and, like, describing how it's not going to take your job, don't worry. They were talking about the analogy they used was like mathematicians how like okay when the calculator was invented like did mathematicians disappear no but their lives were made easier so they could go on to do more complicated type of (laughs) math and you know like do more like you know do things that required a higher level of thinking because they were saving time having to calculate everything so that, for example, like, it's not a great example, but, you know, again, it's like this, right? Where as historians, we could use this to make our lives a little bit easier without, obviously, plagiarizing and selling our souls to this, this machine. Yeah. Yeah. The guessing machine. No, I think that's a good sure. takeaway, though. I think that that is, yeah. And it's, it's fun tool. to play it's with. Like anything else. It's yeah. fun to play with. Again, seriously, like, it's good. I actually have an account with my work email that I have at work. I haven't used it yet, but, like, it's, again, if you're, like, 
re like reword this really quick for me or tell me what this is. It's just like a really quick way to grab information. Obviously, big like asterisk beside that, of course, that like don't be relying on it as your main source because it's gonna it's probably gonna lie, but it's still really helpful for a whole bunch of different things. So you guys should try it and try a bunch of other different things with it. We already just discovered that you can do sources and citation styles with it. See what else you can find. Let us know. Hit us up. Uh, maybe we can do like an Instagram post or something or like a reel of like ways that it can like help your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the chat, guys. The chat GTP. <laughs> that was really funny. Thanks. This this whole episode so was scripted by a by AI. <laughs> <laughs> We are, we, this whole time, we've just been AIs. Yeah. We're not real people. Yeah. 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 That, that whole, that whole, like, CEO bit at the beginning, like, that was just foreshadowing of the yeah. truth of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. There All right. Go. Well. All right. But we won't moderate your content, your comments. Don't worry. We like no. comments. Yeah. We do like right. your comments. Okay. Although, I do moderate some comments because it's like, promote on DM records. I'm like, go away. Yeah. yeah. Delete. Yeah. We're not promoting. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we All did right, this Katie, for free, can you, baby. Can yeah, you sorry. Let me wrap this baby up. This, uh, read the last line here. Yes, of I this, can. Uh, chat. <clears throat> like and subscribe. Is that how this works? Like and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Only five stars. That's it. Much love. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Marketplace. We sell me. things. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this chatbot is really going off the fucking rails here. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it's talking about anymore. I, oh my god, it's still going. Hey, I got it to ask, to I got it to write a podcast sign off. Oh my god. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast today. We hope you found the discussion informative and engaging. If you have any feedback, comments, or suggestions for future topics, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out on our website or social media channels. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with, well, in two weeks, with more <laughs> insightful conversations and thought-provoking ideas. Until then, take care and keep exploring the world around you. But Katie, what didn't it say for the summer? But what didn't it say? It didn't say, see you on the flippity-floppity. Goodbye. Is human content. Oh, oh, wait, it just came through a dip. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Digital Dust is recorded on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabek, Haudenosaunee, Lanapawak, and Adawandran peoples, on lands connected with the London Township and Somber Treaties of 1796 and the Dish with One Spoon Covenant Wampum. This land continues to be home to First Nations peoples, Métis people, and Inuit people, who we recognize as the contemporary stewards of the land and waters we are on today. Digital Dust is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Edwards, Katie Gaskin, Patrick Kingen, and Robin Marshall. Sound design by Elizabeth Edwards. Audio transcription by Katie Gaskin. Our theme music is by Mattias Miller.